Hello and welcome back to the Elite Football Show. My name is Hayder and I'm your host as usual today. It's Champions League week. It is back. And who better talk to me about the big game tonight, May United versus PSG. I've got French football expert and journalist Jeremy Smith back for the third time, Jeremy. This is uh, it's becoming a regular occurrence. I need to get you some uh, stash. I need to get you a T-shirt and a hat with the Elite Football Show on it. But uh, thanks great. for doing this at such short notice. I'll get that sent over to you. How are you doing today? And are you excited to see Champions League football back? Um, I am. I, I can't promise that I'm as excited as people who support teams that are in it occasionally. I mean, like, I know that there's people always go, oh, you know, I hear that music and I get goosebumps and stuff. <laughs> I have to say, I've never liked the tune, but, you know, when one day Brighton are lining up and I hear it playing, I might feel a bit differently. Yeah, you might, you might get those goosebumps. I mean, look, I'm so excited for United to be back in. It's been a in and out of the competition sort of the past seven years eight years but um look let's let's quickly just touch on covid it's crazy that this this is even going on isn't it we saw the back end of last year when we did have that lockdown before the restart one player got covid and they just or players were getting covid and they just cut it completely but there's a financial and monetary sort of interest now isn't there that if they did shut down another season football could be in ruins couldn't they financially yeah i think so i mean i well i think it's been a, we've known for a while now that sort of money dictates football rather than the other way around and and you know I think that the sort of final eight last year actually worked out quite well and I wouldn't be surprised if they sort of use that as an excuse to to kind of run with that now going forward but we saw it last week as well with the internationals sort of people traveling all over the world or all over the continent is is it's not a great idea it sort of helps it spread even more and obviously there's the the fact that the the fans are missing out and um, what we're seeing in the Premier League, the results are really weirdly skewed and that must be something to do with the fans, but I haven't quite worked out how it will work yet. Um, it's not ideal, but yeah, it all has to go on. <laughs> the thing is that it is just a sport, but it is also a business and it is a lot of people's livelihoods. So I guess they have to find a way to make it work. Yeah, you talk about the fans. I think that's a massive, massive aspect to it. Looking at, let's say, Liverpool, Anfield on European nights, they use that to sort of push them forward. I mean, I'm a United fan, so I like to say that. It's, it's one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you know, you know what I'm saying. You know, you're looking. I mean, I, I did read somewhere that apparently some places, I believe in Germany, they've been having fans. Is that something they're going to allow? Like, is it like a third of fans into stadium, or is this definitely something they're not going to be doing? At least in Paris, they won't be doing that, will they? I'm not. I mean, I I don't actually know what the what the rules are for Champions League, but in in the French league, they have been allowing. I think it's generally been up to about five thousand fans. Um, I mean, I don't think that's sort of set in stone, especially with you know the same as here. There's a second wave in France, and it is getting worse. Um, and Paris is one of the one of the cities where they've just enforced some stricter rules. So, yeah, to be honest, I should have checked. I can't remember if there's going to be fans allowed tonight. The fact is, you know, the same as um, after the, I think it was maybe the Dortmund match last year that PSG won, which was sort of just borderline. There were no fans, but it was before the full lockdown. And as expected, like thousands congregated at, at, the, at the Parc des Princes after the match. And, 
I think that that's the problem. If fans want to sort of get together, they're going to anyway. And even if they're not in the stadium, and it does make a big difference, I think. Um, you know, there, there's always this debate about away goals and do they count double and is it right to have it now and does it really make that much difference anymore? And again, it'll be interesting to see what effect having no fans in the stadium will have on, on away performances and whether it will kind of change the, I don't know, the, the rate of away wins or number of away goals, that kind of thing. Yeah, I think it's going to play a massive bearing. And we saw, obviously, with the one one game knockout, and anyone could be anyone in a one-off game. And that's, I think, what made it more exciting last season. But it looks like we probably will return to the double-legged um, knockout ties. But let's move on to PSG. And I'm just thinking to myself, can Oli and United repeat that night in Paris? I'm not too sure. I don't think it'd be that dramatic. But um, talk to me and tell the listeners just how PSG are playing. So I looked at the table this morning. In second place, seven games played, I believe, five one, two losses. Are they playing well? I mean, are they coming into this game on good form? Because I know that there was a little bit of unrest with Tuchel as well at the end of last season. I, I'm surprised to still see him in the job, obviously seeing what's going on with Leonardo, but is there a lot of unrest behind the scenes that could affect their season going forward? I don't think it's going to affect their season too much. Except you could say, you know, it often happens when everyone knows that a coach is a sort of dead man walking or they announce they're going to leave at the end of the season or whatever. It seems that often players stop playing for them. And I think there's there's a reasonable chance Leonardo will leave at the end of the season. I think his contract's up. Clear, he's not, sorry, not Leonardo Tuchel. Um, he's not Leonardo's man. They clearly don't get on particularly well. And I wouldn't be surprised if I think Leonardo is probably looking for an excuse to, to get rid of him. And he obviously couldn't last year because took them to the Champions League final. But if he hadn't, I wouldn't have been surprised if, if he'd been got rid of in the summer. And yeah, there, there was um, basically a couple of, or just before the end of the transfer window, Tuchel came out and said, look, my squad's weaker than last year's. I don't know what, you know, I don't know what people are expecting from me, but I've lost Cavani, I've lost Silva, we haven't brought anyone in. In the last couple of days, of the, and then Leonardo came out and sort of slagged him off and said, you know, he's an employee of the club, he shouldn't be saying this stuff in public. Um, they did strengthen the squad a little in the last couple of days of the window, which maybe has kept Tuchel a bit happier. But yeah, clearly there's tension between the two of them. In terms of how the season started, it was basically... They managed to get their first match, first two matches, I think, slightly postponed um, with the excuse of the Champions League. Then quite a few players got coronavirus. Um, then they had a ridiculous number of matches in a short space of time, including international matches. They lost at home to Marseille. They had, I think, three players sent off in that match. So everything's been very disrupted. And I think it was the first two matches of the season they lost. The third one, my team mess did them a favour, let them score a 93rd minute winner to get a bit of confidence back. And yeah, they haven't really looked back since then. So I think it's five wins on the trot. Um, Mbappe hitting good form. They've still got a lot of injury issues. And I still don't think it's a particularly strong squad in terms of the Champions League. But um, yeah, they're back on track in Liga. Things seem reasonably peaceful there at the moment, but it's PSG. It's like, you know, Bayern Munich, FC Hollywood. There's always going to be something. 
Yeah, absolutely. Last time we spoke, I think we did, uh, we spoke about Cavani, didn't we? And sort of what he could bring to tonight. But last time we spoke, we were talking about the squad and you mentioned it's weak. Let's say the front three, when the front three are as good as anyone out there, aren't they at the moment? Let's say it's, it's Di Maria, Mbappe and Neymar. But yeah. behind that, I was looking at the squad. I mean, you look at United's midfield. I think one area United actually are stronger is that midfield on paper, I would say. Whether the manager's getting the most out of them is a different question. But on paper, let's say a Matic, Pogba, Bruno, that definitely trumps, uh, I mean, I believe it's Herrera, who was not, you know, obviously a star United, a player that I was a massive fan of and I really like. But again, is the other been playing? I know Paredes is out, Verac is out. Um, would we see Marquinhos in midfield at all? Um, well, this this is one of the issues. I mean, for me, Marquinhos is PSG's best defender and midfielder. But I, I think he's a better defender and I think they need him more in defence. And while he's playing in midfield, they're losing him there. Um, so, actually, although he's not necessarily, again, a really stellar name, the fact that Danilo Pereira came in right at the end of the window, I think, is is a huge boost for, for Tuchel and for PSG. I don't think he's played for them yet, but they reckon he probably will start tonight. And if he does, um, I think that that really makes a big difference because he, he is a proper holding player, something that they, they've lacked for a while, I think. And it means Marquinhos can slot back into that defence, shore up the defence. Um, and I, I think if Danilo plays to his best, and he actually looked in really good form for Portugal against PS, against France the other day, um, then I think he can help whoever is playing with him in midfield, just let them be a little bit sort of freer. I think a lot of the time they're a bit like France played um, against, against Portugal the other day, where it's not really that clear who has what role, who's meant to be sort of holding, who's who's allowed to push forward. No one knows whether to stick or twist. I think if they've got someone who's absolutely a holding midfielder, which they've kind of lacked probably since Thiago Motta left, I think that that might help both behind and in terms of transition. I think it helps the whole team. Oh, the defensive midfielder is one of the most important roles in any team and you actually think about it if you have a weak defense just an example bringing in a top defensive midfield let's say Kante in his prime I mean that's that can sort out a whole team both offensively and defensively I'd say that Nemanja Matic is Man United's most important player when he's on form because he allows those in front of him to actually play knowing that they don't have to look behind them and think we've got Maguire we've got Lindelof behind us so but let's look at the, some of the strengths of PSG let me get obviously the front three, but what do United have to watch out for in terms of how Tuka was set up? Um, I think, I mean, they're almost certainly going to set up in a 4 3 3. I think the, the, the question is sort of how the front three will work. And I think Mbappe, there's been quite a lot of debate recently about Mbappe, especially because he didn't play well the last couple of France matches. What exactly is his best position? Like He's obviously a hugely talented footballer and can do a little bit of everything. But I think that there's a... I think he clearly would like to be a central striker. Um, but there's a lot of people thinking, and I'm one of them, that actually he's better as a... Firstly, playing either with a second striker, and he's the slightly more withdrawn one, or playing on a flank and sort of coming in from the wing. He's very mobile. He likes to run. And 
um, and sort of drift and work angles. But I think he works better either coming in from the side or coming from deep. I mean, he scored two goals at the weekend. He played he played 90 minutes for France on the Wednesday and then he played 85 minutes for PSG on the Friday. This, this will be his fifth match in two weeks, I think. But he scored two great goals on, on Friday and both of them were, you know, running onto through balls. And I think that's what he does best. Um, and I, I think he's got a slightly different uh, idea of, of his strength than a lot of other people at the moment. So I think a lot depends on how Tuchel plays Mbappe and Neymar, like which one will be, will they both be playing centrally? Will one be coming in from the wing? Will there be a false, will Neymar play as a false nine or will Mbappe play as an out and out centre forward? So a lot depends on that, but whatever formation it is, they do seem to have a very good relationship, which they haven't been able to um, do much about this year because of various injuries and suspensions or whatever. Um, which may play to United's advantage. But obviously, that yeah, those three players. And yeah, as you said, not to forget Di Maria, who I know has got a sort of checkered history with United and United fans. But for PSG, he's been fantastic. And arguably for the last two seasons, they're their best player. While Neymar and Mbappe might have blips in form or fitness, Di Maria has been superb. As much as I really dislike Di Maria, fantastic player absolutely fantastic player and even in the season at United people say oh who's the worst United signing of all time I've seen a lot of polls over the last two months and he's been up there but he's still got 11 assists and no player I believe has touched that since he's gone so no one's hit that many I and mean, he had a poor a poor season but he was brilliant Let, moving away from the I guess the obvious uh, threats that PSG have you mentioned injuries who's who's actually out because I haven't had a chance to look who's out and where can United exploit PSG's weaknesses? So, the first one is Bernat. He's out uh, left back. So, they'll play either Kazawa, who hasn't played much, same as Di Maria, because he's been suspended from the Marseille match, or Baka, who's looked decent in the couple of games he's played, but he's obviously very raw. So, left back is probably an area that, that, that you'd want to exploit. Also, Bernat seems to often come up with important Champions League goals. They'll be missing that. Um, right back, you've got Florenzi, who's um, actually started really well. Um, only played a couple of matches, already scored a couple of goals. Um, looks decent and I think could be quite an important um, threat when, when PSG are attacking as well. But possibly, again, not, not a huge understanding yet with the rest of his team. So maybe to be exploited. The other thing is there's a chance Marquinhos won't play or won't start because he's been out injured. He, he trained yesterday and so they're expecting him to start. But if he doesn't, then you've got probably Diallo and Kimpembe in defence, which isn't necessarily the most sort of experienced. Kimpembe's looked fantastic the last couple of weeks for France, but he does have his moments as well. Um, but for, yeah, for me, as, as, as you mentioned earlier, I, I think that the midfield is... Look, it's a good midfield. If you've got, you know, Pereira, Herrera, um, I can't remember who else is, is due to play in midfield. Let me have a quick look. Just a game, maybe. Uh, yeah, I think that's that's who they're predicting. They're, they're all, they're decent enough. They're just sort of, they're all kind of... There's not enough... I don't think there's not the enough going forward. Winning midfield. Yeah, there's, it's very workmanlike. Uh, yeah. Great energy, great work, great work ethic. 
I mean, I'm playing down her because Herrera was a number 10 before he joined United, and then someone decided to play him deep. But, um, Louis van Gaal and Mourinho, but, um, looking, I suppose, at that midfield, it works, it's very hard working, but that's the thing. Compare that to P uh, Bayern Munich's in the final straight away, although I thought PSG played really well last season, but you think that midfield that they've got is is a, a step below. And that's something that puzzles me, that PSG are a club with enormous riches. Why is the midfield been neg neglected? I mean, did I speak to you about Deli Alli? We might have mentioned it, or it might have been someone else I spoke to about Deli Alli. And he would have been a really good option, I think, in that midfield. Something they don't have a threat, probably goal threat from midfield. I mean, I think I spoke to Robin Boehner about it, actually, because uh, I spoke to him uh, a while ago, and he said that Ali would have been a good option. I mean, do you agree with that? I'm not, I'm not Ali's biggest fan, but certainly in terms of his sort of profile, um, like the kind of the position that he is in. I mean, they've got Draxler as well, although he's another one who's just coming back from injury. But I wouldn't be surprised if he's an option off the bench. And he's actually started the season well. He just it hasn't really worked for him at PSG particularly. But um, you know, this this it bodes well the way he started. I think he's he's done quite well for Germany as well. So that's a possibility. But I just, I mean, I for me, the one of the issues with PSG is that they've got, you know, some sport brat failed tennis player running the show in the background. And then you've got Leonardo, who I think the shine has come off him a little bit. And, um, you know, since he's come back, I can't really say that he's done anything particularly special. Um, he's obsessed with only generally only looking in Italy for, for to bring people in. Um, I think that's part of the problem. Um, so, yeah, I think they've made mistakes with recruitment and to, it's similar to the Real Madrid Galactico thing, I think. Um, and as you said, you know, defensive midfielders aren't that glamorous, but those positions are important and you need some kind of transition people. And actually, I think Paredes last season was looking like that kind of player, the one that can break lines and connect midfields and attack. And that's my concern. And I know it's not everyone agrees with this, but I, I really don't think PSG's Champions League run last year was that impressive. I think it was very important mentally. And, and we might come on to that about this match um, in terms of sort of, yeah, mental barriers that they've struggled to, to, to get through in the past. But frankly, they just beat teams that they should have beaten. Great past Atalanta, and then in the as you said in the final they did do well, and if they put away a couple of those chances, it could have been different. But they beat the teams they should have beaten, and they lost to the team they should have lost to. Um, and one of the problems when they've been less than impressive is that transition from you know once they've won the ball back, there's a big gap between the defence and midfield that are sort of bunched together because a lot of the midfielders are I think slightly more defensive minded. And that attack, particularly because all three of them, but especially Neymar and Mbappe, have got no interest in coming back at all to, to help defend. Neymar will drop back to try to win the ball early or try to sort of dictate play early. But that, I don't think that's enough. You need the whole team sort of moving up and down as a unit. And I'm not sure that that's happening enough there. Yeah, that, that's actually a huge order on the mentality point, which I want to finish with. But um, let's talk about that lack of tracking back. I think United probably will play a back three, which might suit them considering the defensive frailties that we've seen uh, this season and probably a back end of last season. Maguire's out, Baye's out. So you could see a back three of Shaw, 
Lindelof to Nzebi. I'm quite happy about the prospect of Twinzebi. You might see Tellez start as a wing back, Wambasaka. When you're playing with against a team with wing backs, the wingers do have to look behind them, don't they? And Neymar will have to look behind him because Tellez is going to be sitting very far up the pitch, you would hope, if he's starting. But um, United, I expect, will probably play on the counter. I expect United to sit pretty deep and exploit. You've got the, they've got the pace to do that. They've got the players in midfield that can spot that ball and spot the runners. Do you think United will get a lot of success doing this? Because I can imagine PSG are going to play a high press, as as you often see under Tuchel. I think United can really exploit this. I'm quite confident going into this. I mean, now now it's probably I'm probably going to jinx it now, Jeremy, and United are going to go and let me down. But um, United have the tools, don't they? If, especially if they play that way, to really cause some problems tonight. I think so. Yeah. I mean, for me, PSG are a favourite and. Partly because they're playing at home and partly, again, because of that front three. Mbappe, like I said, is in good form. But I think PSG are always going to be a little bit vulnerable as well because they can be split in two quite easily and because their defence as well has not always been the most, the same as the midfield. It's not the most stellar defence. Um, and sort of from season to season, it changes a lot. There's not that much consist- consistency. So, you know, you've got two fullbacks who wouldn't have been um well one's new one is i it's either going to be someone who's kind of constantly fallen in and out of favor of the club or um a very inexperienced kid and then center backs like i said i think is is looking a little bit stronger now but they they can be got at and with psg expected and i think they will sort of try to make all the running they, I think they will leave, leave spaces. And as you said, certainly on the flanks, they're not going to get, the defence will not get the support that they should be getting from those players in front of them. So I definitely think that's something that can be exploited. On the other side, you've also got Navas, who I think is an excellent keeper. And um, even though I do like Ariola and think PSG treated him badly, um, I do accept that I think Navas is a step up and, and just provides that sort of experience and um, calmness that comes with, you know, having won it all before. Yeah, I would agree on the Navas point. I think, I I, I do think as well, Ariel is someone that probably has been hard done by. We've seen him at Fulham now. Uh, they're going down, they're shocking. But um, no, I think I would agree with that. I feel that defence is definitely something that can be got at. It really does depend how United look to set up if they play two up top with Martial and Rashford, which is what I'd like to see. I think that could work quite nicely. Let's talk about the mentality, Jeremy, as a last point. I know you've got a rush off. <laughs> that was a big hit. I mean, it's happened twice, hasn't it? You saw the Barcelona, the mentality thing as well with that, which was which would have been hard to take. And then the United one as well. I looked at that team this morning. Someone sent it to me. The United team, shocking. You're talking Pereira, you're talking Lingard. Um, you had uh, Dallo was playing as well at the time. It, very, very poor. Lukaku was there, obviously, as well. He scored those two important goals. You talk about PSG overcoming those hurdles, and I think they did do that getting to the final. But is there a weak mentality in this in this squad that could be got at, that, you know, past losses and those that sort of manner can affect the, the way that they approach this game or, or other games? I think there has been. Um, it's funny that you started the started the podcast by saying something about United beating PSG. I mean, PSG beat PSG. United did nothing in that match, and you know, even the 
the penalty, I think, is debatable, but PSG should never have been in that position in the first place. Um, I think last year was very important, beating Dortmund, um, coming back from a, a first leg deficit. Um, although, to be fair, that that's that's not the issue is defending a lead and you know ma- managing to hold on to a first leg advantage. Um, and ev- everything worked out for them. You know, the one match format probably helped them mentally as well. But I think the fact that they got to the final really does make and probably putting a good performance in the final should um everything about psg is champions league they're so dominant domestically that they won't get the credit probably that they deserve every time they win a treble or win the league as early as march or whatever um and it mean it puts a lot of pressure i don't i don't buy this thing about Oh, it's because the league is weak. They're not competitive enough in the Champions League. I don't think it's that. I just think that it puts so much pressure on those Champions League matches because effectively you could argue in a way their season doesn't start until around sort of February, March time. And so they're they're effectively playing sort of finals from as early as as the second round of the Champions League. And their whole season is going to be judged on that. So I think last season was such a big barrier to break and they're sort of gradually breaking each barrier. Um, And this whole, the Barcelona and Man United, it's been built up a lot because even like in between, they lost to Real fairly, but not sort of spectacularly. They didn't, they threw, they lost a lead, but they didn't sort of throw away a big lead. But it's become this sort of self-fulfilling prophecy, PSG are chokers. So suddenly everyone at PSG is worried about choking. I think it was a little bit overdone, but those two standout matches, the Barcelona one and the United one, they they were sort of asking for trouble. Hopefully what happened last year will change things for them. Um, I think also Thiago Silva, great defender that he is, I think he was tainted by a lot of what happened. A couple of the bad defeats you could put down to him, like one against Chelsea, the sixth one against Barcelona. A lot of him, a lot of people blamed him for setting such a bad tone as captain on the pitch, constantly retreating. He's not there anymore. I think Marquinhos is very different. He's a real winner. Ferrati's still at the club, but for me. He's another one who's tainted, who's constantly moaning, constantly losing, constantly getting suspended when it matters. Um, So actually, I think in a way, even though he's their best playmaker, it's not such a bad thing that he's out. And then you've got Neymar, who, again, sort of mentality-wise, there are those couple of seasons where, whether it was his fault or not, I'm a little bit on the fence, he was injured when it came down to the knockout stages. Again, last year he wasn't. I feel that's another mental hurdle for him personally and for the club that they've got over. So I think there are still question marks there, but the fact that they got to a final, and most people are ignoring the fact that it was a ridiculously easy route to the final, I think should help them, should help them relax, should help them... uh, 
prove to themselves that they can do it, that they can get that far, that they do deserve their place at the sort of top table. Um, and then in terms of just playing Man United now, I don't, it's going to be an element of revenge, but, you know, they are different teams. There's a lot of different players and it is the group stage. So the stakes are completely different. So um, I don't think the mental thing will play on their minds so much for tonight. We'll see later in the competition, though, if they've really got over all of that. Absolutely. I'm going to give one last question. It's just a prediction. So I'm going to go for a 1-1 for the game. I think it'll actually be more cagey than we think. And do you think, who do you think the two top teams are going to come out this, I guess, group of death? Because it is Istanbul, Basakshir, it is PSG, United and Leipzig, who were very good last season. Leipzig without Werner now, but fantastic young manager. I'm going to say that PSG topped the group. United comes second. And today's game will be a 1-1. What are your predictions, Jeremy? Uh, I agree. I think today will be reasonably cagey, but I think PSG will just come out on top, maybe 2-1. In terms of who qualifies from the group, I, when the draw was made, I think I would have said PSG and, and Man United, just because I, I worried about Leipzig not replacing Werner, but they they have still started the season well. They do have goal scorers, even if not sort of one reliable top scorer kind of thing. So I'm not sure. I don't want to upset you. <laughs> Mate, do it. Just say it. <laughs> Everyone thinks that I'm I'm quite an, not negative. I, I put the dampeners on because I, I don't see. United, in the same way that a lot of people do, I see the flaws as well. You've got to see the flaws. But I do think that at the moment, if you had to say it, Leipzig would be going through. But I just know that there's this, there's so many extra gears this side can take. Um, you see glimpses of it against Newcastle. It is Newcastle. But, um, mate, say what you think. That's completely fine. I, I, I think United will, just about. But I do worry because Leipzig are very well drilled and they could take points off PSG. Yeah, I think I th I think they can. That's the thing. I think all I don't. I'm not. I can't remember if I said PSG will go through. I feel like I have to say that, and I think they are favourites. But I could easily see Leipzig and United going through as well. Um, I I just think PSG and United, in a way, have got similar flaws, um, and they're flaws that their front three in both cases can hide. So it puts a lot of pressure on those front three to, to do the business. Leipzig, in a way, the exact opposite. I think they're a more complete. They've got fewer stars, but they're more a more complete team. And I think of the three teams, they've got, by a country mile, the best coached as well. 100%. I mean, if, if Nagelsmann was at PSG, maybe they'd have already won the Champions League. I don't know. So that's why I'm really not sure. I'm leaning towards PSG and Leipzig, but I could easily see it. The United finishing in the top two at the expense of either of those other two. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a very exciting uh, group stage. Jeremy, thank you very much, mate, for coming on again. Um, where can everyone find your work? So I'm on Twitter at JeremySmith98 and usually French Football Weekly or Get French Football News. Brilliant. What we'll do is we'll put that in the description below. Jeremy's on his hat-trick of performance uh, appearances today. And to all the listeners, make sure you hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. We've got a new sort of little background, which is a bit funky, but I quite like it. So uh, give us your feedback on that and we'll see you 